right. All right, so I guess if I was to um, give a title to this, uh, this message, it would be uh, Rescue Story or Rescue 316. Uh, a lot of people have had, had to be rescued at some point in their life. Um, and this is from, I'm thinking, you know, life or death situations. Um, you know, I don't know why, but a lot of times I think of, of the Titanic. I think of uh, what that must have been like to, to see that, that great big ship and to realize how much um, effort and uh, labor went into building that ship. And, um, you know, the thing was huge, uh, 883 feet long. It was, um, it was mammoth. It was luxurious beyond our wildest dreams, you know. And I, and I think of something like that, and I, and I don't remember how many years, three or four years to build the thing, you know. And I think of all those people's labor and went into that and building that thing. And maiden voyage to, to come to the U.S., and, uh, you know, one of the remarks that somebody said about it was, uh, you know, even God can't sink this ship. You know, bad thing to say. Uh, you know, and, and we all know it, it hit an iceberg. Uh, it, it took on water and sank on April 15th, 1912. And over 1,500 people died on the Titanic. Over 1,500 people. Wow. And... Fortunately, the lifeboats were, were deployed, and there were 724 survivors, roughly. And I was thinking about that, you know, what that would have been like to be on the Titanic. And fortunately, they, you know, they had the lifeboats, and there was another, another ship close by, uh, fairly close anyway, called the Carpathia, and it picked up the, the survivors. And when we, th- when we think about somebody surviving something like that, somebody being rescued from something like that. I think each one of us kind of put ourselves in that situation. You know, what would we do if we would have been on the Titanic? What would, we, what would our emotions be? What would our thoughts be? And, you know, I, I think a lot of it would be, you know, it's, first of all, it's dark out. You know, there'd be fear. You know, you think, oh, what's going on here? You know, this thing's, this thing's going down. And th- people be scrambling around and, and trying to figure out how they're going to get rescued, how, th- how they're going to survive this. I think it'd be interesting to interview somebody th- who had gone through this, to talk to them and say, you know, what were your thoughts? What, what, what went through your head through this whole thing? You know, I think of these life or death situations and you think of being rescued and, uh, you know, it, this is, like I say, this is a super luxurious ocean liner, right? And so these are very, very wealthy people who were on this boat. And I'm thinking, I can just imagine, you know, some of the people who, who were brought over to the rescue boats and, and, and told that they were going to have to leave this luxurious ship and be put in this little lifeboat and what their reaction would have been, you know? And I'm sure there, there was a few of them that, that would have thought, you know, I'm not doing that. Uh, you know, I don't get in on anything less than the, a 50-foot yacht. But it's, at that point, you know, you have to kind of humble your pride and think, you know what, I need to be rescued. Worse than I need to, uh, you know, uphold my, my, uh, my class status. So I'll humble myself and, and, and get rescued. I'll humble myself and I'll get on this, this lifeboat. But I think of 
I think of something like being rescued. You, know, you have to kind of swallow your pride a little bit because if you have to be rescued, what's that, what's that telling everybody? You can't do it on your own, right? I, I cannot survive on my own. I can't get out of this situation on my own. I need some help. And a lot of people don't like saying they need help. So there's, there's a little bit of swallowing the pride, a little bit of embarrassment maybe. I think of the, you know, especially in, in that deal, the, the fear, the, the heartache of, of realizing that, you know, such a, such a nice ship was going down and that people were going to die. And, you know, it would have been cold, you know, like I said, dark. There would have been people crying. It would have been tough. It would be interesting to hear their, their viewpoint on this. You know, I think there's other, other rescue stories, other, other things that, that happen with people that they have to be rescued from. And I think of, you know, house fires, uh, you know, forest fires. You know, there's hostage situations. Uh, you know, we've had school shootings here in, a, in the recent past. You know, you think of a domestic abuse. You think of medical emergencies, terrorism. And I think of these these times of rescue and how these people must have felt to see somebody there to help, to see somebody there that could help them out, to, to, to take them out of this situation. But I think anytime you go through a, a life or death situation, I think it's a life-changing event. I think, I think you're forever changed. I think it's unforgettable because you'll always flash back and realize, you know what, I could have died that day. And so I think it, I think it would be uh, very impactful for a person's life. So, you know, I guess, you know, being rescued is a, is a good thing. If, you know, if, if, you, if you need help, it's good to have somebody there to, to rescue you. And if the ambulance shows up, go ahead and get in. Now, if it says corner on the side, don't get in. <laughs> there's, a, there's a group, or a I guess it's a single uh, artist named Zach Williams, and he's got a song called Rescue Story. And it, it goes like this. It says, uh, There I was, empty-handed, crying out from the pit of my despair. There you were in the shadows, holding out your hand. You met me there. And now where would I be without you? Where would I be, Jesus? You were the, the voice in the desert, calling me out in the dead of night, fighting my battles for me. You are my rescue story. Lifted me up from the ashes, carried my soul from death to life, bringing me from glory to glory. You are my rescue story. You are my rescue story. You know, thinking about that, you know, we have a rescue story to tell. Anybody who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, we have a rescue story to tell. You know, we were saved from, from a life or death situation. Each one of us. We have something that, that we can tell other people. You know, people are interested. People like, to, people like to hear about rescue stories. People like to hear, you know, so you almost died. Tell me about it. You know? And I, and I think that, that maybe that is another tact, another way that we could tell people about the Lord Jesus. Because it, it truly is a rescue story. Our salvation, uh, when we stop and think about it, is, is salvation from certain death. Salvation from certain eternal death. Salvation from eternal separation from God. 
we, we have, we've been rescued just as sure as any survivor of any tragedy. And we have both a physical re- rescue and a spiritual rescue. Our spiritual rescue is the forgiveness of our sin. It gives people hope when you tell them about your rescue story. You know, it makes people realize, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm not doomed after all. Maybe there's hope for me yet. But the world is doomed because of sin. People are worried about global warming. And I think, you know, that's not the warming that we should be worried about. <laughs> you know? There's, there's eternity in hell to be really concerned with, you know? And that's more than warm. We have a rescuer. John 14, 6 says, Jesus was telling him, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We have a rescuer. Let's think about what Jesus did for us, and I think of how much he loved us and how much we should show our, our love and respect for him. And I think of this world and, and the problems it has and all the craziness that, that we see nowadays. And, you know, I, and this is just me at work and stuff, and, and, and I see people needing somebody to talk to. I don't know, may, maybe you see the same thing. There are people out there that just need somebody to vent to, to, to talk to, and, and because they're concerned, they're worried. There are people out there right now that are really in fear. You know, like I said, the global warming thing, and, and, and there's so many other things that the, that the news tells us about that, you know, look bad. But, you know, a lot of times I think the news doesn't tell us the real story. You know, the, the, sure, there's, there's some bad political things going on and all that sort of thing too, but, you know, it's too bad the news doesn't tell us about the real problem there is, and that's sin. People need a friend to vent to, and, that, and we have such an opportunity to tell people about Jesus, to tell them our rescue story. You know, we live in a time of, of turmoil and division and argument and distrust. You know, but when all seems lost and, and people are just full of fear and frustration, God steps in and reveals his plan for us and his love for us, and he has a solution for our lives. For all of our problems, he's got a solution. So we don't need to stress and fear and worry and all that sort of thing. We can trust in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5-7 through 7 says this, For even when we came to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. And this is Paul talking. We were afflicted on every side, conflicts uh, without fears within. But God, who comforts the depressed, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted in you. As he reported to us your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. You know, I, even, in, even as being Christians, sometimes we get discouraged, don't we? Sometimes we, we just feel just a little bit overwhelmed. And, you know, life is not easy. And I think of what Paul went through. You know, he went through several in, in imprisonments and, and beatings and different things. And, and, and yet... 
it says that he was encouraged by the zeal that people had for him, that people were praying for him, you know, that people cared about him and loved him. And, and he admitted, you know, we've got fears within. And we have to be careful with fear because, you know, fear can, can dominate us. It can give us depression and it can make us lonely. It can, it can just make us scared. But, he, but the Lord Jesus, he comforts the depressed. In, well, I'll tell you, uh, when I was, uh, let's see, I think it was first year of college, I think I was 17 or 18, uh, down at Letourneau College down in Longview, Texas. Uh, Letourneau is known for aviation. It's got a real good aviation program. So uh, a lot of the kids that go down there um, are pilots or, or learning to be pilots and, and know a lot about planes and that sort of thing. And I had a friend of mine, and actually that's kind of when I went down there, that's kind of what I wanted to do is become a pilot. I don't, I don't know why I didn't, but... Um, one of my friends uh, was a pilot, and he was taking his, his training at that time. And he asked me if I want to go along with him. I said, sure, I'd love to, you know, and, and uh, the instructor was going to go too. And so planned this out like a week in advance or whatever. And sure enough, the day that we were supposed to go up, it was cloudy and just kind of sprinkling a little bit, and it just it was a miserable day. And I was kind of bummed out. You know, I thought, oh, you know, we'll have to reschedule for some other time. And, the instructor said, no, we're going to go ahead and go anyway. Okay, you know. So, you know, they fired up the plane, and, and this friend of mine was, was piloting, and, and uh, an instructor right next to him there, and, and uh, so we went up. And if you ever flown in a plane on a cloudy day, uh, there's not much to see up there. It's, it's all gray, isn't it, you know? And so, and, and it's, it's a little bumpy, too, you know, because you're flying through the clouds and stuff, right? So... So we get up in this little plane, this little single-engine plane, and we're bouncing around. And, and, you know, I think, you know, I'm not really enjoying this too much. But then all of a sudden, we started getting up above the clouds. And guess what? It's sunny up there. Exactly. You know, what a different perspective on life, huh? You know, when, when, when we are down here, and we're focused on all of our problems and all of our issues that are going on, and, and it's, it's cloudy in our, in our daily walk. You know, it's still sunny above. You know, we, there's just some clouds that are kind of messing with us right now. But the sun hasn't gone away. It's still there. And so it was encouraging to me when I got up there, when I got above the clouds, and I could see the sunshine. I thought, this is beautiful. Because, you know, it's... Clouds are, clouds are dark when you look at them from underneath, but on top, beautiful white pillows, you know, white cotton balls, right? Completely different perspective. When all seems lost and everything, trust in God. He, he's got it under control. He, he hasn't turned his back on us. He, it's, it's, uh, it's still sunny above. Second Timothy chapter 2, uh, verses 8 through 13 says this, Remember... Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. Aren't you glad? The word of God is not imprisoned. You know, nobody can take that from us. Nobody can, can keep us from reading that. Nobody can steal that from us. His word doesn't change. You know, that's, that's one thing I, I like. 
You know, his word is the same today as it was a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago. You know, it's still the same. It's the same message. It's, it's the same gospel message. Nothing has changed. Nobody can change that. We can trust him. For this reason, I also endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with the eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. I'm not saying about that. You know, we, when we claim to be Christians, we should really try to, to uh, walk the talk, shouldn't we? We have a lot of people looking at us, a lot of people who keep an eye on what we're doing. You know, we're, we've claimed to be a Christian. Now, let's, let's watch his life. Let's see what he's like. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Aren't you glad about that? He remains faithful. Even though we mess up, even though we do things that are wrong all the time, he hasn't given up on us. He hasn't, he hasn't changed his mind about how to, how to be saved or how to have eternal life. It's through faith in him, and that's it. There's, he hasn't changed the rules. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 22, talk about death to life. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived, in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. You know, you talk about bleak. You talk about a, a bad situation. How low can we go? You know, we have, we have disappointed God. We have um, done the wrong thing many times, right? We, we've lived our own lives, lived our own thing, you know, done everything that we wanted to do. Against, and, and it's against God's will. Verse 4 says this, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with him, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We've been rescued, you know? Isn't that, isn't that great? Isn't that something that we can get excited about? You know, you think of our situation. You think of how lost we were. You think of, of how, how bad things were for us. We didn't even realize it. But, but we were in a life or death situation. We were, we were condemned. We didn't realize it, but we were condemned. We were, just, we were on the Titanic, you know? We were just cruising around just just feeling like, you know, we had the cat by the tail, right? We, we've got everything under control. We've got our lives figured out. Not realizing that we were moments from disaster. We've been rescued because of God's rich mercy, because of his great love. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. 
You know, we've not only been rescued, but we've been rescued for a purpose. You know, it's one thing to be rescued, and then you just go on living life any, any way you, you please. But God rescued us for a purpose. He, he's got something in store for us. He's got something in mind for us. He's got a plan for us. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, in other words, we're, we're called uh, Gentiles by, by the Jews, which is performed um, in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope. You know, the Israelites were God's chosen people. And, and like I've said before, you know, we, we were excluded from that. The, the Gentiles weren't God's chosen people. The Gentiles were the heathens, the barbarians, the, the, the very evil people, the people who had no regard for God whatsoever. We were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the, co- the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You know, aren't you thankful this morning that we have been brought in to God's family? We have been, we've been adopted. We've been brought in as, as fellow heirs with the Jews to, to be adopted into God's family and, and to be part of his, of his family and his plan. It's quite a, an amazing thing from going from no hope to being rescued into a, into a family, to, to be rescued into uh, a purpose in life. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And I was thinking of exult. And I, and I looked at that before. And exult is is to rejoice greatly. To, and it actually means to leap. You know, we exult in our tribulations. We exult in, in the Lord Jesus. You know, there's, there's quite, a, quite a difference in there, in there. It says, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. You know, we exult in knowing, in knowing Jesus. We leap and it's easy to do because we've been rescued, right? So, so we are as happy as can be. It's easy to jump. It's easy to, to, to be happy and, and to, to get excited, to, to, to leap. But as we all know, it's a little tough when we start getting tribulations, when things start going a little rough for us. You know, it's a little hard to get excited. It's a little hard to, to say, you know what? I'm going to rise above this. I'm going to realize it's still a sunny day up above. I'm going to get through the cloudy day. I'm going to exult in my tribulations. I'm going, to, I'm going to enjoy what God has done for me. You know, I was, I was thinking about uh, George Beverly Shea, you know, sang a, a song uh, years and years ago. Uh, and it, the name of the song was Would You? And, and I'm not going to s- repeat all, this, all the lyrics of the song, but it's, the song basically had some, some, some basic thoughts that, that I heard the other day, and I, I hadn't really thought it quite as clearly as, as how he brought it out. But, you know, if, 
if we have never experienced fear, uh, would we ever have fully appreciated assurance? If we'd never experienced being lost, would you really fully appreciate being found? If you'd never experienced pain, would you, would you fully appreciate, you know, comfort? You know, and you really stop and think about these things. You think of all the bad things that we go through. You, you think, you know, if I hadn't experienced that, I wouldn't really experience the other, the opposite of that, would I? You know, this is what we can get excited about. We can realize that, you know what? God's letting us go through these little, these little tribulations, these little problems for a reason. Because we're going to get something out of it. Something that we can share with somebody else. And something that's going to help us. And it helps us appreciate things. You know, if, if I would have never flown on that cloudy day and seen all the clouds and, and seen the sprinkles of rain and all that, I, I would have never appreciated the sun as much as I did. But to, to go from, from one thing to the other, to go from bad to, to beautiful, is, is something worth remembering, something worth getting excited about. If you'd never experienced chaos and, and confusion, would you ever fully appreciate peace? If you'd never experienced failure, would you ex- uh, fully appreciate grace? If you'd never experienced punishment, would you ex- fully appreciate mercy? We exult in our tribulations. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates or he proves his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that something? He, he knows us. We can't fool him. There's nothing that we can do to, to disguise who we are. He sees us the way we are. He can see right through all, every facade that we have, every, every claim that we have. He knows us. He knows us very well. And yet, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Even knowing how bad we were, knowing how, how sinful we are, and how sinful, sinful we're still going to be till we get to heaven, you know, he still loved us. And he still proved his love to us in sending his son, the Lord Jesus. Christ died for us. More, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. We will be rescued. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult. Remember, we, we leap. We re- rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have re- now received the reconciliation. You know, I think of reconcile. Reconcile means to, dis- to settle a dispute uh, to make friendly again. What a, what a reconciliation we have now with God, you know? He, he made things okay between us and him, you know? Aren't you glad that he reconciled with us, that, that he forgave us of our sin? All we had to do was put our faith in him, and now we are in right standing with him. Now, now we have been cleansed and forgiven, and now we can have this fellowship with him, 
that as unbelievers you can't have. You know, unbelievers have no idea what we're talking about. Unbelievers do not have that relationship with the God of the universe. And, the, and they won't until they accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, in other words, Adam, and death through sin, and so spread to all men, because all sinned, for until the law uh, was in the world, but um, sin is not imputed when there is no law, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. You know, there's, there's uh, a lot of similarities between Adam and Jesus and a lot of differences. And that's what's saying here is we realize that Adam was a sinner. He was, he was created and he was created sinless and quickly sinned against God. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, many died. In other words, Adam, when he, when he transgressed, when he sinned, he basically caused a curse upon all mankind, right? Every one of us have been cursed. Uh, we've, we've all given in to sin. Much more did the grace of God and the gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. You know, I think of what Jesus did for us, you know. It was just one person, you know. Sin entered through Adam, right? That was one person. But we've been redeemed through one person, and that's the Lord Jesus. And that one person is not just a man. He, he is the Son of God. And he is the only one, the, the, the absolute only one who is qualified, who is able to forgive sin the only one that we can put our faith in to have our sins forgiven. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. You know, if, if people hadn't sinned, Jesus wouldn't need to come, would he? But, but God sent the Lord Jesus to redeem us, to cleanse us, to, to rescue us. For if by the transgression of the, of the one, Adam, death reigned through the one, Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. You know, we have life through Jesus Christ. We have been rescued. We, are, we have this, this new opportunity. We have this real purpose in life now, don't we? You know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know, he is the life. You know, th there is no life without him. So then, as, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. You know, when, a, when Adam sinned, all men were condemned. Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men because of what Jesus did there on the cross. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. You know, it's, it's quite a thing to think of the fact that even though we are sinners, in God's eyes, we are righteous. What is righteous? It's right. It's pure. You know, we've, we've been made pure. We've been made holy because of what Jesus did for us. Because he forgave our sin. He, he cleansed us. And to, to realize that we can be righteous, it, it just, it's bizarre, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it overwhelming to realize that, that people who could be so sinful could be made righteous? 
The law came in so that the transgression would, would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal uh, life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 15 says this, For the grace of God has appeared, bring salvation to all men, or bring rescue to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for, for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. You know, we've been, we've been redeemed. We've been cleansed from every lawless deed. And uh, you think of that purification. And we want to be zealous for good works. What does zealous mean? You know, dedicated, right? We want to be on fire for God. We want to, to do the things that, that are pleasing to Him. We want to be uh, followers of, of Christ. Not just talk about it, but actually do it. Titus 3, 1 through 7 says this, Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration to all men. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy and hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, he saved us, you know, he rescued us. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You know, think of this regeneration. This is a, this is a moral cleansing uh, by the word of God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 10 through 13 says this, The one who b- believes in the Son of God has this testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony which God has given concerning his Son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Aren't you glad that you can know? And there's a lot of people that don't know. There's a lot of people that, that are confused and worried and scared, and they're not sure, you know, what's going to happen to me if, some, if I die? If I go down with a ship, what's going to happen to me? It's a legitimate concern, isn't it? You know, every one of us ought to really think that through. We don't know when, when our, our time is up, right? Every one of us, need to think that through. And every one of us need to have a plan. Okay, if, if this boat goes down or if this plane goes down or if, if I get, get shot because I get caught in the crossfire of something going on, what's going to happen to me? Where am I going? I'd like us to look in Second Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 4, says this, for if, God, <clears throat> for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them, them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, 
when he brought a flood upon the, the world of the, un, of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly thereafter, and if he re- rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensuous con- sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day with their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. Aren't you glad that he knows how to rescue you? Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. You know, we've been rescued for a purpose, right? We need to live for him each day. You know, and I think, you know, what is your rescue story? What has God done for you? When you think of, of your life and you think of some of the things that maybe you got involved in, you know, I've, we've all made some pretty stupid moves in our life. I know, I know that. I've, I've done that in my life. You know, I've, I've done some stupid things. And I think, you know, that was really stupid. That, why did I do that? that there, was no, there was nothing good about that. There was no advantage in that. There was no long-term goodness that came from that. That was just a stupid act of, of selfishness. And when we think about that, yeah, we went through a bad thing. But you know what? Now we've got that experience. And now we can share that with somebody else. Yeah, it was a bad thing to go through. But now I appreciate good things. Now I appreciate what I have in Jesus Christ. Now I appreciate salvation. You know? Let's close in prayer. Dear God, we just thank you so much for this opportunity, this privilege that we have again this morning of just enjoying your word. Thank you for what you did for us. You've rescued us. Thank you. I just pray that you would help each one this morning just to appreciate what we have in the Lord Jesus. And if there's anybody here this morning that does not know the Lord Jesus as their Savior, I pray that they would look at John 3.16, which tells of your love, and tells that all we have to do is have faith in Lord Jesus and we can have salvation. Thank you for what you did for us. Thank you for all, the, for all these people here this morning. And I pray that you would help each one in their life. Help us to, to live lives that are pleasing to you. Give you thanks now for this time together. In Jesus' precious name, amen.